When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. The verdicts are random. So random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. She's a raunchy lady. She also seems like she would peg her husband. Oh, you're gonna go in for Peggy? For, for Peg? Oh no! <laughs> Peggy White? Hello, welcome back to another episode of True Crimes. Against Wine. I'm Rachel. I am Topher. Rachel here is going to be our celebrity spirit guide today. Yes. And Topher is going to guide us through our very special drinks that we have today. Yes. So today is a very special and sort of bittersweet episode. Yes. The day that this is going to be released, that you guys Mm -hmm. are listening to it, is actually the day that would have been the 100th birthday for Betty White. Yes. So our episode today is in honor of her and some of the things that she liked to drink in her very long, illustrious life. Yeah, absolutely. So... You know, I think that it's okay to break the rules every now and then yeah. when a an icon like that, you know, passes and, or yeah. something major like this happens. So today we're just going to shake things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Betty White is not associated with a wine. However, yeah. what She's did she not, like? She loved vodka. She loved vodka. It was her favorite So drink. much. Yes. I read an article a long time ago where she was talking about how like vodka and hot dogs were her two favorite things in the world. Yep. And I just... <laughs> I honestly wish that we were eating hot dogs right now, too. That oh, we should amazing. have gotten a hot dog. I know. Is it too late? Can we Postmates some in? <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, you guys wait. We're going to eat some hot dogs yeah. real quick. <laughs> so if you're listening at home, feel free to pour yourself a shot or a vodka on the rocks. We're going to be talking about some of her favorite ways to drink vodka. Yeah. At the moment, what I've done is pour us two very dry vodka martinis. Yeah. Now, I know that she liked to drink hers with olives, mm-hmm. but I forgot to get olives. And so we're That's doing fine. it with a lemon twist, which yeah. I think is a little bit more elevated and elegant. Yeah, I like I like citrus in my drink. I so. do, too. So cheers. Cheers. Cheers to Betty. To Betty. All right, let's sip it. Mm. Mm, this is good. It is good. Okay. This is good for a pretty cheap vodka. I mean, I know. we're so using Svedka. Yeah, so we got Svedka vodka, one, because our budget is limited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You guys can change that if you want. Absolutely. We're still <laughs> waiting on that money facts. Yep. But two, we also got a Scandinavian vodka in honor of mm-hmm. her character that a lot of you probably know and love, yes. Rose Nyland from Golden Girls. Yes. So my role is going to be a little bit different today yeah. as well, because obviously there's not a whole lot in the way of wine knowledge. And mm-hmm. I mean, I could talk about vodka and we'll definitely talk, yeah, we'll some definitely about, vodka, talk about vodka and martinis. But, and... but I'm going to be, I'm going to be taking a slightly different role, which I'll get into later. Yeah. So I'm going to kind of let you kick it off. Do you want to start talking about Betty? Yeah, let's just talk about Betty White. Okay. So I know that I feel you, like I, I feel like I'm on a first name basis with her. Right? I know. Like, I know that you know Betty White. Because yes. Because she's so iconic. Yes. And especially within the queer community. Yeah. Just just legend. Living legend. Not living anymore. Well, but living on in our hearts. Like she, I mean, she's, yes. she's immortal. She's been completely immortalized at yes. this point. Oh, for sure. And I just have to say, before we start talking about her life, just briefly talking about her death and the timing of her death. Mm-hmm. So she died... December 31st, 2021, yep. just a few weeks before her 100th birthday. Mm-hmm. 
And of course, everybody was like so sad and upset and heartbroken over it. But also there have been a lot of like kind of positive spins. Yes, I've read some of those. On her passing as well, which I think is like a really nice way to think about like the comedic timing of her being like, nope, I'm gone. Done. (laughs) Right before her 100th birthday when People Magazine already had that out at the grocery store. Because I literally saw it that day before when I was checking out like, oh, her 100th birthday. Yep. The first thing that I thought when I heard the news, it was actually as I was going to be traveling back from visiting some family. And the first thing that I thought was, well, of course she she passed. Like, we all knew that this was coming. And she's like, right. well, 2020 and 2021 have been such fucking shit shows for everyone. I am not putting this negative energy into your 2022. So That's I'm true. just going to go ahead and like, we'll end this this way. Yeah, she called it before the new year. Yeah. But let's talk about some of the other ones. Yeah. Like some of the fun ones. So I know that there was one where it's basically Betty White. She died because she was having a I need to speak to the manager moment. Yes. <laughs> and I just love that, that she like, <laughs> she was like, I need to leave Earth so that I can come up there and advocate right, for you exactly. guys. And be like, do you know what's happening down there? Yeah. Which is delightful. I can picture really her is. doing that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw um, a funny TikTok too. And I know that this isn't like. Let's recap other forms of social media on our podcast. But the TikTok one was funny. It was like an an angel and God talking and the angel is like, oh, I got, you know, I got the old white lady for you. Oh, yes. I love that one. I was like, no, I said the queen. He's like, yeah, Betty White. He's like, no, I meant the queen of England. And the angel's just like, oh, no, I got the wrong old white lady. (laughs) And she, I mean, Betty White is the queen. I mean. She is. Let's talk about how, like, I think. Out of the two most beloved people on mm-hmm. this planet had to have been Betty White mm-hmm. and Dolly Parton. Yes. Oh, have you seen the thing, too, where now that Betty White is gone, Dolly has absorbed all of her powers to become the next Supreme? <laughs> I love that. It's fantastic. I mean, like, seriously, course, they yeah. were the best ever. And it's so funny yeah. because they were they were so different from each other, but they still carried that same message of love. And yes, Dolly Parton's, same energy. Yes, very much. Because Betty is that loving but extremely sassy mm-hmm. grandma, and very crass too. I mean, the oh, stuff yeah. that, but the stuff that she said was so charming when she said it that even like my super conservative religious family would be like, "Oh, Betty, she's so cute and sassy, right?" And it's like <laughs> she just talked about getting railed up the ass. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> I love. You're her. like, if I said that, right? I'm like. Oh. It'd be a whole thing. I guess I'm not Betty. Well, who can be? Who can be? So let's talk about her life. Okay. So she was born January 17th, 1922. That's an easy one for me to do the math on. Yes. 100. (laughs) Got it. She was born in Illinois, but her family moved to California when she was just a baby. So she grew up in California, basically. She went to Beverly Hills High School, which I think is so cool that because is. in my mind, that's not a real thing. I know. Sounds like a, like a TV trope. It's very mid-90s teen yes. rom-com sort of Beverly Hills High School. And yeah. there's like all the rich click girls. It's very clueless. It is very clueless. But she went to that high school in what, like the late 30s, early 40s, <laughs> which is bananas to yeah. me. And at that point, I'm trying to think, like, obviously, this is, like, we're talking about the golden age of Hollywood. Sure, so Hollywood had already been established. Right. But I would highly doubt, really, that any of the, or many of the children of Hollywood stars would be going to that public high school. Because a lot of them were probably private tutors. Sure. I know that at that point, too, there was a lot of traveling um, with your kids. Like, you'd Mm -hmm. bring them with you when you'd go film somewhere else. And, Mm -hmm. you know, 
and also the laws about truancy in school, I think. Right. We're a little, a little yeah, more a little lax. Bit more lax. Yeah. yeah. But that is very interesting. Yeah. It makes me wonder if there was anybody famous in her. Well, Betty, class. Betty. Well, I mean, like, like <laughs> at actual, the, like, at, at that the moment. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not as far as I knew. Interesting. From, but again, I haven't researched the history of that high school <laughs> in a lot of depth. So who knows? Maybe you tell us. Uh, if your grandparent was a famous person in the 30s and 40s and went there, mm-hmm. tell us about it. So initially as a kid, she wasn't into acting at first. Do you know what she wanted to be? Hmm. Was it still in showbiz? Nope. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I feel like maybe she wanted to be an astronomer. You're not terribly off. I'll give you credit for that. Okay. Was it sciencey? Kind of. She wanted to be a forest ranger. That's so badass. But there were no women forest rangers at of the time. Not. So she kind of shelved that dream. Yeah. It's because the hats, they didn't make them in the smaller sizes. For your small brains. Yeah. Right. Right. So she, I mean, she always loved that. We know she loves animals. Yes. Too, we'll and, talk about that yeah. some too. So I think that was kind of like a, a natural connection for her. The outdoors, wildlife, nature. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't able to do that. So she began acting in kind of like her late teens. She started doing some radio. She had a television appearance in 1939 on like a variety show. There's no footage left over of that. So it's kind of hard to pinpoint that. Okay. But World War II came around. So she put things on hold. Okay. And she joined the American Women's Voluntary Services. Wow. And she would have been like just 20. Yeah. Early 20s at the time. Yeah. Super young. And she was a driver of a supply truck. That's so cool. Man. Yeah. There's nothing she can't do. So she was doing that in California. So I would imagine what she was doing was then probably shipped across the Pacific. Right. For the, the war Pacific efforts. side mm-hmm. of the World War II, what was going on there, rather than the European side. Yeah. That's such an interesting time to think about in terms of, obviously, how it began to change mm-hmm. how women's roles were viewed. Right. And, you know, all of these women going and serving their country domestically in these really amazing badass ways and then collectively sort of at the end being like well i don't i don't want to go back to this like i'm a fragile flower again right yeah that's not what women are have ever been right yeah so that was really interesting that she did that after the war ended she started to get back into show business she did some modeling which can we say like not conventionally beautiful but Gorgeous. So let's talk about her appearance. Okay. Because she was trying to get into television mm-hmm. and movies, but she was told by some studios that she wasn't, quote, photogenic. Interesting. Even when she was younger, she had kind of had these delicate bird-like features. Yeah, like she didn't a little have like bird-like. A, yeah. Not like she had a giant beak on her face. No, no. Which but, even if you do, that's fine. It's your face, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think it's just like the shape of her nose. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny because the fact checker who can't be with us today, unfortunately. Sounds like you murdered him. <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll be back. Yes. It's definitely not it an, an identical. A, a new fact clip. checker. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like he and I have talked about this many times that we're most drawn to people with very interesting facial features right. who are more kind of unconventionally pretty. Not like a Barbie kind of pretty. Exactly. Like, I love sort of the Tilda Swinton, Uma Thurman, like, very ethereal. Striking. But also, there's a model, and I can't think of what her name is. Rachel. Thank you, Tobra. (laughs) But she has a very prominent and kind of hooked nose. Mm -hmm. And she's gorgeous. She's so pretty. And, like, I imagine she probably had to really 
fight at the beginning as well. Well, like she that. did. So because she wasn't quote photogenic, despite doing modeling work, I'm like, how can you do both? And like, talk about like, she also had the ideal body at oh, that point. super petite and thin. Yeah. And like, like hourglass figure. Yeah. 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 So she started doing radio initially because then radio like looks don't matter. Right. Or my, you've heard the saying like, oh, that person's got a face I was for about radio. to say my grandpa used to say that about people sometimes. Yeah. Like, and it would be at the most, we didn't even ask. Like, we're just talking like, oh, my, <laughs> my grandma would be like, oh, I ran into so-and-so at yeah. the feed store the other day. And grandpa would be like, talk about a face for radio. Like what? Grandpa. Okay, Grandpa. Jeez. What have you done, Grandpa? Now, he only ever said it about men, though. I will give him okay, that. He well, never, that's fair. He never talked about women's looks. We can call them men all, all we want. That's yeah. fine. Go first, Grandpa. Which is honestly extremely misogynistic of him because, like, it's 2022 and w- women are allowed to be ugly, too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So she got started in radio. She kind of gained some, like, traction there. I thought you were going to say she gained a lot of weight. Oh, man, it was the whole thing. She let herself go because it was radio. <laughs> She's like, I'll eat what I want. Lard for breakfast. Right. Lard for lunch. It was the 40s, though. That's yeah. all they ate was lard. You know what's funny is that last night I watched, um, uh, what is it, Being the Ricardos? Yes. And it was talking a little bit. They did a lot of flashbacks to the yeah, trajectory yeah. of her mm-hmm. career. And she also was working in radio and she got mm-hmm. noticed by network executives because mm-hmm. she was doing physical comedy while she was voicing the radio. Right. And that's what made them say, oh, we She'll need to bring you TV. on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Because she was at that point kind of, her ship had sailed as far as the networks went for being signed on as a movie star. She right. had one serious film that was very critically acclaimed apparently, but mm-hmm. didn't do well at the well, I mean, it was fine at the box offices. They didn't, but not money. like a breakout hit, or right? Anything. And so right. they just decided not to renew her contract right. and have her do radio instead. And I just think it's funny that people like Lucille Ball, people like Betty White, it's really a testament to their wits, their nerve, all yeah. of that to be like these opportunities come in spite of all of these obstacles because they're just yes. they're being themselves and they start to get noticed for surpassing everyone else. Yeah. And, well, that's that's what happened. Betty White got noticed with the radio, and so she started co-hosting a variety show on TV in 1949, and that later evolved to her being the sole host and becoming the first iteration of the Betty White Show. Okay, I... I've, she had several, like, the Betty White Show as a title and as a show okay. came up several times Because I've her heard career. of that, but I've, ne- I've yes. never, like, it's not available for streaming. I don't really know anything um, right. about it. I guess I'd always assumed that it was, like, a sitcom, but it's really cool that it was a variety show. It was show. a kind of variety show, so it was kind of a mix of, like, singing, which I really didn't know that Betty White could sing. Yes. Yes, she can. Cool like, I've seen an that. old film clip of that. And maybe it is from that. I don't know. Or maybe she was a guest on someone else's show. Mm-hmm. But also she does singing on some of the episodes of The Golden Girls, mm-hmm. which at that point she's much older. But you can tell that she still has a lovely sort of Right. Somebody's voice. voice when they're like in their 20s, or early 30s, a lot different than somebody's voice when yeah. they're elderly. But that's that's cool that yeah. like she had this whole musical career before. Mm-hmm. I miss variety shows. Can I just say that? Like, I think they're really cool. And there have been some attempts to revive they them. Haven't. The Maya, Maya Rudolph and oh, um, love the Maya Martin Rudolph. Short. Yes, I that love Martin really Short good, as well. That was really good, but it got canceled. I know. I, I think that's not everybody's thing. It's not. You have to be sort of an old soul to appreciate it. Yeah, I it. think we're both kind of in that Yeah. Well, I also grew up watching a lot of, like, back when Nick at Night was actual, like, yes. 
black and white, like Dick yeah. Van Dyke yeah. and Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah. And then, of course, TV Land became a thing, too. Right. So, and we even had, like, VHS things of the Dick Van Dyke show. So mm-hmm. I, like, really grew up appreciating that era the older of TV. style yeah. of humor and television production. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I think, how I first kind of noticed Betty White was I would watch Nick at Night with my grandma. And then, um, like, TV Land came out and all that kind of, like, brought that resurgence mm-hmm. of things, too. Because when the Golden... And we're going to jump ahead a little bit, and we'll go back and fill in the gaps. But when the Golden Girls came out, we were both still too young to kind of, like, really watch and appreciate it. Yes, and I wasn't allowed to watch it because my parents said that it was raunchy. It is raunchy. It is raunchy. Which is amazing. It, yeah. And, well, again, we'll get into yes. that. Because there's a lot to talk about with the Golden Girls and sort of what they were able to do. Right. It's on... Hulu now, so if you want to go back and watch The Golden Girls, you should absolutely do it because it holds up really well. If you want to watch it five times straight through, like I've done, feel free to. (laughs) Yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal series. Yes. So going back to Betty White's kind of career trajectory. Yes, so she's got the Betty White. (laughs) Trajectory. Listen, we're drinking straight vodka at this point. Look, you get what you get today. Y'all buckle up. (laughs) Yeah, so she's doing the Betty White show, which had yes. different iterations. So that kind of, like, got canceled or, like, the contract was fulfilled and they were done filming. So that kind of came and went over the years. Also, I'm glad you mentioned that because very strange era for film and television in terms of things didn't necessarily get canceled. You were just contracted to these studios and they would use you in all these different sort of capacities to fulfill your contract because basically they had to pay you either way. Right. So it'd be like, okay, you're under contract for X number of episodes of your variety show. Yeah. Or or, or even even not that. Just like you're under contract to like, we'll just say MGM. Right. Um, or RKO for like five years. And it's like, maybe I'm going to be doing a couple of B films. Maybe now I'm doing guest appearances on this show. Maybe, you know, you never kind of Yeah, know. it was kind of a weird system because on the one hand, I'm sure it really benefited some performers who were able to get themselves like out in the spotlight and like really kind of boost their mm-hmm. chance to act and mm-hmm. sing and perform. But for other people, if whoever was in charge didn't really like you that much. Yeah. You were kind of stuck and tied to that organization until your contract was up, so it could limit you. It was a very, and this is unfortunate, and I I say this with all seriousness about it, but it was a very sleep your way to the top thing Mm. for a lot of women in show business at that point. Well, there's a reason why that idea of a casting couch came about. Yes. Man, I miss those days, too. (laughs) Of casting couch days? Yes. Oh, God. Okay, which old celebrity would you want on your casting couch? For, okay. I thought I was going to be on the casting couch, so I'm the one. So you're going to sleep with some crusty old producer? No, Topher. Or or the star who's going to like help advance my career. You're the director and the I'm producer. I'm the director, so I'm the one who's like sexually abusing yes. these people. Wow. <laughs> okay, so which? No, just, I take. Let me rephrase. Which star, this. old star, would I sexually abuse? I mean, this is no question for me whatsoever. Young yeah. Paul Newman. Oh, yeah, he's 100 so good looking. Those piercing percent. eyes. Oh, my yeah. God. Also, mm, also Marlon Brando. Young Marlon Brando? Young, yes. No, yeah. I want 70-year-old <laughs> obese Look, Marlon Brando. I don't know Brando. what you're into. No, young Marlon Brando. There's that gif of him from some movie where he does this eye roll and, like, smirk thing that I swear to God it gets me wet every single time. <laughs> my asshole puckers. <laughs> 
Oh. This and is a kid's show. Kids <laughs> I forgot it's a kid's show. Also, there are <laughs> pictures of him naked, and there's also pictures of James Dean naked. And did you know that James Dean and Marlon Brando had Hooked sex up. Yeah. so many times? Like, they yeah. had, like, a long-standing fuck buddy relationship with each other. Because they were both kind of pansexual. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, horn dogs. Horn dogging it yeah. up. Oh, man. That would have been a great Western for them to be in. Like the precursor to um, Brokeback Mountain. Oh, well, basically, yeah. If they had been like, in a Western. Like horn doggies, yeah. Oh, no. I'm sure that... Google that and send to for the results. Please okay. do, actually. I'm fine with seeing what the results of that are. He, mm. All right, he said that, so send it to Topher. You know not what, you not know both a, of our You know what a genial. doggy is, right? Doggy? Yeah, it's no. a Western term, so it's... Uh, like doggy? No, it's mm. referring to herding young cattle and young steers. Okay. And so, like, a stray cow is a doggy, but they also would refer it to the person who was in charge of riding out to, like, round up the strays. It's a doggy. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, please don't look at me like that. Maybe do a crossword for once in your life, and you'll learn some of these <laughs> things, too. I just got really hostile. Yes, you did. <laughs> You're so mean to me. Maybe it's time for the cross-examination. It's not. No. All right. Maybe I'll wait. I don't know. Okay. So All right. Let's talk about her next. Wait. No. I want to know who you be sexually abusing. Oh. <laughs> no one, because I don't do that, Topher. Gun to your head. <laughs> no. Oh, God. Who's doing this? What What terrible sadistic person. It was a different time, see. Rachel. <laughs> Okay, old, old celebrity. Old celebrity. Yeah, we have to, we're talking like pre seventies, like sixties and before. Okay, so yeah, Paul Newman is a very attractive oh, man yeah. for sure. Oh yeah, and he always like gave off a, like a very nice persona and like vibes mm. too. I don't know about that, but I don't really care. Mm. Marlon Brando is very problematic later in life. I really <laughs> honestly don't care, okay. and this is pre that, okay. and like we're not okay. having a relationship. Okay, okay, that's fine. He's sleeping with me to get ahead. Okay. Gosh. Spoiler alert, I did not cast him in that movie. <laughs> it was Little Women, and he was going out for the part of Joe. No, he's, he would not have fit. Absolutely no. not. He's definitely he's an, an Amy. Amy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, cheers. Woo. But isn't he, though? He's such an Amy. I know. Such an Now we're... Separate conversation, separate episode, <laughs> but we're going to do a casting, all-male cast of Little Women using only problematic older celebrities. Dead celebrities. Because yes. they can't come after us they're dead. <laughs> Their estates can, but they oh. cannot. <laughs> well, joke's on them because we don't have anything. Let's get back to Betty White. Mm-hmm. So her next big show. Even though you totally just stole my answers and that was it. <sighs> so now I'm going to give you Clark Gable. Handsome, but also problematic. Yeah, but isn't that kind of the appeal? No. Well, really? I mean, did you know about it at the time? If you didn't know about it, whatever. Also, again, different times. So does it really matter? <sighs> yes. Also, it doesn't matter. Actually, it's better in this. Topher. No, listen, listen, hear me out. For God. you, it's better in this particular scenario because you're the person wielding the power. Therefore, basically, you're turning the tables. The on abuser these- has become the abused. <laughs> No, Tell I'm, me that's not kind of hot. No, I don't want that role. Oh, her. man, like a total hard candy situation. <gasps> oh, wait, am I just like straight up murdering them? And like She doesn't murder. Well, she castrates him. That's true. Does he bleed out? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, remember. Yeah, I don't remember that either. I'm usually pretty drunk by the time I get to the end of that movie or any movie. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a surprise intervention for Topher. <laughs> Sponsored by AMC and Regal Cinema. 
they definitely don't want to fix my problem because they want to keep me coming back and thinking I'm seeing the movie for the first time every single time. Like, hello, new person who hasn't seen this movie. Have you seen this new movie called Cat on a Hot Tin Roof? Oh my God, it's groundbreaking. You're going to love it. All right, so Betty writes the next big show was called Mm -hmm. Life with Elizabeth. It's a sitcom about Elizabeth I. Basically. No, it ran from 1952 to 1955, so several years it was on the air. It was a sitcom setup. And they didn't have those long-running series back then. It was like three to five years was like like a really good run. Yeah. Excuse me. Because again, then your contract would be up. This is a Belchy vodka. (laughs) Yes. It was kind of an interesting setup in that it was about this woman named Elizabeth and her husband, whose name doesn't matter because she was the focus of the show. Mm-hmm. And they're like newlyweds who are always kind of like butting heads or like running into like comical problems. But it was kind of shot in like three different sketches. Okay. Interesting. Per episode. Unrelated. Sometimes like 10 related. minute at a time sort of. Yeah, just like, kind of things. That's actually a cute idea. I like that. Yeah. And it would always kind of end with not a voiceover, but like this disembodied voice, like talking to her, kind of taking her to task for like, oh, you're not a good housewife, are you, Elizabeth? She's like, oh, shucks. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By today's standards, obviously very sexist. But what was really groundbreaking at the time was that she co-produced and co-owned wow. that show. And when was this in the 50s? 50s 52 wow. to 55. Shit. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for her. So from very early on, she was advocating not only like for herself, but also to have other roles opened up for other women and people I, as well. I love that. Who would not have been... Generally included, you know, given the time period. So, in a sense, she kind of paved the way very closely before Lucille Ball for what Lucille Ball did. I would love Mm -hmm. to know what their relationship was like. They were friends. I would, I mean, I I can't see them not being like super good friends. So, they were filming both of their shows on the same lot, uh, studio lot in Culver City, and they became friends. They ended up becoming. Friends not only in terms of, like, talking about, like, show business and their careers, but also friends talking about, like, their personal lives. And they both helped each other, like, through divorce and mm-hmm. things like that, which was really cool. I mean, they're – I said this before and I'll say it again now that they are such magnetic forces of intellect and mm-hmm. grit. I don't know. There's just nobody like those kinds of presences. Yeah. You know, you once you see it, you're just like – that is this person. You feel so drawn yeah. to it. I feel like I'm bumbling right now just because I'm like in awe of these two people. I, yeah, but I totally get what you're saying. They were both very groundbreaking. Yes. And, and unapologetically. So, yeah. And so good at their craft yes. too. That's the thing too, that it wasn't just a like, I am a strong, opinionated and intellectual woman and you will listen to me. It was, I have everything to offer this world and you will pay attention to what I'm doing. And people would just be like, yep, yes, we will. Yeah. So let's talk about that vibe. Okay. Because after that show ended, she kind of. Big clit energy vibe. Yeah. Oh yeah, sure. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) She brought back the Betty White show. Okay. And that was more of a talk sketch show with some like musical numbers. Very. What was the show at the time? They kind of do a parody of it in White Christmas, you know? I'm trying to blank. Basically where you'd have the, the guy in the suit and he would tell a few jokes. He'd interview some people. Yeah, he'd have like that. some musical guests yeah, yeah, come yeah. on. Basically that. that. One of the things that she had on the show was some musical performers, including a man named Arthur Duncan, who would sing and dance. He was a black guy. 
when he was featured on the show, some Southern television stations were saying, we're not going to show this anymore. She's got to get rid of him. Do you know what her response was? Fuck you. Basically, she said, too bad, they'll get over it. And then she started featuring him more and more on the show. Yes. As a result. Yes, um, Betty. It did end up with her show being canceled afterwards. But you know what? She stood up for what she believed in. And she did. And Arthur Duncan has credited Betty White as like really allowing him to get his start as a performer in Hollywood and saying like if she hadn't like stood up for him and done that, then he would not have had the career that he had as a result. That's amazing. Yeah. That's exactly what I would expect. I know that she's seen as like a major gay icon because of some of the roles that she's played. Oh, yeah. And, and also she's been very outspoken about. She has she's been very supportive. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the thing that we have to realize is like, she doesn't belong to the gay community. She's such, she's, She's an advocate for anybody who she feels does not have yes. a voice. And that's why whether you're in the queer community, whether you are, you know, a person of color, yeah. just a woman struggling to find yeah. your voice, animals. Yeah. And thinking too, like this was the 1950s. Yes. This is before uh, desegregation and the civil rights movement and all yeah, that. Yeah. And for her just to be like, no, they can get used to it or get over it. I'm not going to change because I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And in fact, he's going to get more screen time. That's fantastic. It's so progressive. And knowing too, that like it would probably negative, negatively, oh boy, that black is kicking in hurt her career and her yeah. show and it did you know got her canceled but she still stuck with it and had like no regrets about that choice that's amazing ever you know what else that kind of i can conjecture from that is that because for the 1950s i'm sure that there were instances where black people especially on that kind of show were featured but it means that for the south to be mad about it mm -hmm. it's because betty wasn't allowing him to be exploited in the ways that right and with a kind of a caricature sort of exactly. situation happening she was bringing him on as a legitimate person right with an amazing amount of talent to showcase himself as a performer right not pulling him out He's or a gesture right or exactly gesture a gesture i knew what you meant yeah so that vodka fitness yeah just allowing him to be an entertainer on her show like any Anybody of the other else. people that yeah. she had on the show, not making it a whole thing or not like you're doing this just for right. white people's entertainment. Yeah. Right. Which is pretty, pretty cool. And I love her. I love her fearlessness with that. That's, yeah. That's really great. So, you know, I, you, you run the risk sometimes when you're talking about these things to cast this white savior thing upon someone. Yeah. That's, that's a thing that exists. Yeah. yeah. But I do think that you have to realize within historical context when something really is just so groundbreaking and amazing well, for I her think as a woman. As a woman too, like knowing that she's a woman in a business that did not and still does not respect women's voices and opinions mm -hmm. for her to take that stand, knowing that there will probably be consequences and also too to not fall into that trap of pitting one disadvantaged group against another right. disadvantaged group. Right. Like, we're no, we're not enemies. I'm saying this is wrong, and I'm you're going to do what you want to do, and I want to see more of you, and if that takes a blow to my career, okay, fine, but I'm not going to change. It was also her recognizing that even though she is a member of a disenfranchised group, she still has more privilege than he does. Yep. And she was acknowledging that and exercising and using, that privilege. Using in her privilege in a positive up. way. Yeah. Yes. And Which I think that's great. so important. Yeah. So following these shows, she kind of took a little bit of a dip in the 60s. Okay. So in the 60s, she started appearing on a lot of game shows, which I think is like really the era of game shows. This is the 1960s. So we're talking about the like 
something dollar pyramid yeah and what's another one password password is one what's Mm -hmm. oh the match game which yeah man i really wish that we could find some of those old full episodes i can find clips every now and then yeah what was the guy's name that was so funny he he did the voice of templeton in um charlotte's web he was an obviously gay man paul lynch Paul Lind. Paul Lind. Paul Lind. Okay. Yes. Fact checker, come back from the grave and tell us. Fact checker, where are you? <laughs> but he had that very loud, drawly sort of gay voice. Yeah. Time. You know who I'm talking yeah, yeah, about. Yeah. yeah. He was so funny. Yeah. So she started doing a lot of the game shows that you mentioned. And after that, so in the 60s, she was both as on, like on them as like a celebrity guest and sometimes hosting too, which Good is really her. cool. That's awesome. Kind of took a break from, like, typical TV to do game show TV, but then got on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yes. So, can we talk about that? So, she joined the cast during their fourth season in Mm -hmm. 1973, and she was on it until the end of the show in 1977. Yeah. So, let's talk about her character. Yes. Oh, this is... I know that probably most people know her from the Golden Girls, because that was super iconic, very... Relatively very recent. But I was first introduced to her through Mary Tyler Moore Show, which I loved growing up. And surprisingly, I was allowed to watch that because they definitely talk about sex and sex appeal and all sorts yeah, of things at that point. Yeah, because the whole premise of the show is like Mary Tyler Moore is like a single, single gal on career the town. woman. Yeah, exactly. I do know that she got that part because she was friends with Mary Tyler Moore. She was. Yeah, they had a good friendship. And they wanted to bring her on for just a one-episode guest spot. Well, and afterwards, the producer or somebody yeah. like that told her as she was leaving the set, don't make any plans, which I think is amazing. Well, what I think was so funny was when they wrote that character of Sue Ann Nivens, they wrote her as yes, a Sue Ann Nivens. Betty White type mm, of character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As like a, and Mary Tyler Moore was saying, we need someone who can play that sickeningly. Oh, boy. Sickeningly. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet character. And she's like, like Betty White. And so eventually they're like, well, let's just have Betty White come on audition. They were a little nervous, though, because they thought she and Mary were friends. So if Betty auditioned and it didn't work out, like, would that strain their friendship? But, of course, it worked out perfectly. Yeah. I mean, and it was perfect with her as this cloying stereotype of domestic goddess bliss. But then, like, under the surface being this man-crazy veil. Aggressive. Very aggressive. And also... Super backhandedly cruel to the people yes, around her. Like, um, mean. what was the guy's name that was Mary's friend? It also started with an M. Was it Marty? No, it was it Melvin. Mel, something like that. But anyway, Merb. Merb. <laughs> Merb. They would spar with each other. Yeah. She would make comments about like him losing his hair and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then she would always kind of infantilize Mary. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting because she came on. And she became the replacement for Cloris Leachman's character of Phyllis. Right. Who was always saying like, oh, poor, poor, naive Mary. Yeah. You know. So I actually, this is where I'm going to come in with okay, some of my expertise to today. Right. So I'm going to be channeling my inner Sue Ann Nivens today. <laughs> you going to be mean to me? No, I'm okay. going to, I'm going to talk about unusual uses for wine as little helpful hints for around the home. Oh. So, you know, Sue Ann Nivens' little segment on the new show mm-hmm. was she was the happy homemaker. And right. so she was always teaching you how to make those really 1970s dishes like 
veal prince orloff or whatever it yeah. was you know things like that where it's like she's like the martha stewart kind of personality yes. before martha stewart yes she would always have things about like how to take stains out mm -hmm. and she would constantly switch into that character just in regular life too where she'd be mm -hmm. at a dinner party and just start yeah. doing yeah. it and do you remember there was that one episode where she was having an affair with who was it oh it was with phyllis's husband the dentist he one. never lars he never actually made an appearance on the show. Okay, you just, just talk about him. Okay. And she ended up having an affair with Lars and Cloris Leachman's character, Phyllis, his wife, found out about it because he was coming home and his shirts would be perfectly starched and laundered. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So it's like the opposite of like the lipstick. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to be doing that today and talking about some unusual uses for wine that you can do All at right, home. All right, tell us. So when we finish out our first martini. Mm -hmm. One of them is fabric dye. So, hmm. you know, a lot of times it's viewed as a horrible disaster if you spill red wine on your clothes. Uh -huh. But did you know that you can actually use it as a really fun fabric dye and do tie-dye kind of stuff with oh, it cool. as well? And you can use different varietals of wine. They all have different tones. Some of them will come out a little bit more Ooh. blue. Some are more purple. You can add rosé. So you can I do like a tie-dye. I think we're looking at a fun science experiment. Little, there, little craft projects. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. We should totally do it. Come up with some merch. Yes. So what you do want to make sure that you're doing is heating the wine to a simmer in like a big soup pot. Okay. And I've stir got one that. Of those. So afterwards, stir it with a wooden spot for 10 minutes to allow it to cool. I don't know what the reason is for that, but apparently it helps the wine take to the fabric more. There's no way to know. I mean, science I just, has not answered this question I'm, yet. I'm sure that other people will understand that. I'm just saying I don't understand the reason behind the scientific process. Science is just magic to me anyway. I, I yeah. can't conceptualize what any of it means. So you're going to like this next one a lot <gasps> because it's something that I'm going to implement probably the next time we have a wine episode. It is used as a skin softener. So oh. it has a lot of, like red wine particularly, has a bunch of things in it antioxidants and stuff that are actually okay. really good for softening and toning okay. the skin. So when I spill wine on myself, I'm just like, I'm just softening oh, my I'm skin throw, and I'm going to throw a glass shirt. in your face. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for keeping my sin, skin soft and supple. Mm -hmm. So Terry Hatcher actually pours a glass of red wine into her bath water, which I would think that you would need Isn't that more. that going to stain your... Well, yeah, and also doesn't that stain your tub? No, I've actually accidentally knocked wine into my bathtub okay. before. And no problems. Yeah, you just rinse it off. <laughs> okay. Yeah, one glass doesn't seem like it would be enough. Yeah, I, I would think like maybe a bottle. You need to go to Costco and get like a giant bottle. Yes. Yeah. Get, get one of those like jugs of wine. Yes. But apparently in India, wine has many beauty uses like softening and brightening the skin and they use it in facial spas. Oh, cool. All the okay. time. Another great thing you can do is for frozen cubes. Mm -hmm. And so that's great for like pool time or patio yeah. time or whatever with your white wine so you're not actually diluting it. Mm -hmm. But another thing that people don't think about is you can do it with like especially red wine. Mm -hmm. And then it's an easy thing for like say you're making a sauce or whatever. I never and you thought just, to do that. Yeah, you just grab a cube from the freezer and throw it in and boom. And that way you're not like wasting if you're like drinking good wine while you're yeah. cooking. I'm always just like, oh, I guess I'll throw a dash of this in. Yeah. So yeah. This one I thought was really interesting. It is good for cleaning fruits and vegetables. Hmm. Just like baking soda, wine can be used as a natural fruit and vegetable cleaner. Mm -hmm. um, the alcohol in the wine dissolves impurities on the surface. 
Back in 2005, there was a guy named Mark Daschle of Oregon State University, and he did a study that basically proved that components in wine kill several types of foodborne pathogens like salmonella and E. coli. Whoa, holy so, shit. So I know that like, I feel like 2021 was the year of constant recalls on like yeah. different vegetables and fruits and stuff. And it was constantly like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be eating right now. So just wash them in some wine. There you go. Like honestly, even just keeping like a box of wine by your like. Sink. Yeah. I mean, during pandemic, it's really hard sometimes to get your hands on like good cleaning supplies and stuff. Yeah, so that's true. If you can find ways to get around that. So you can clean your body and your vegetables, throw them all in the tub. Exactly. Once. Yeah. It's also good as a kitchen disinfectant. And this is from that same microbiologist from Oregon huh. State University. So it's really good at efficiently removing countertop, countertop stains hmm. and disinfecting your kitchen surfaces. Really? Um, and this removing is Removing stains. That's a surprise. Yeah. So I'm going to get into that in a second okay. too, but you want to use white wine for that. Oh, okay. Um, okay. That's fair. Yeah. So, and it's, it's just a great way of recycling things mm -hmm. and he's actually working on a white wine based cleaner that's made from waste wine as well i oh. don't know what waste wine is because is i tend to just drink it oh but is that like from the winemaking process like probably some okay. of that is yeah but like if you're doing it at home you're using like leftover wine from like the dinner party the night i don't before. understand leftover wine i don't get it either but you want to use a dry white wine so that it doesn't leave a stain or a sticky residue. Okay. And also keep in mind, because of the acid content mm -hmm. in it, you don't want to use that on granite because it will eat through the surface. Okay, so that's good to know. So if you have granite countertops, don't use it. Yeah. Okay. And not like, it's not going to be like a science fiction thing where all of a sudden it's just like foaming and eating through. It's like Damn over time, it will start that. to eat through though. So speaking of that, okay. you can also use white wine to remove grease stains like on your garage floor and your driveway. Oh, I'm not cleaning either of those, but okay. Yeah, but if you wanted to, you could. I could, but I won't. But I could. Also, white wine actually does help get out red wine stains. <gasps> Magic. Yes. It's not because it's, people tend to talk about it as being like a, they cancel each other out. It's not like one of them's a positive and one of them's a negative. That's not how this works. It's In my mind, that's how it works. I, I know. I know. That's not it. So let's say that you're like at a dinner party and somebody knocks over a glass of red wine onto like a white carpet. Ugh. The worst, how right? They? Basically, immediately flood the stain with white wine mm -hmm. and then start gently blotting it up and it will remove the components from and the And what surface. about the blood stains from after you bludgeon that idiot who spilled their red wine on the white carpet? As long as you use white blood. Okay. Yeah. Then it does cancel each other then, out. Okay. Like if they're B positive, you have to use B negative. Okay. Then you have to, okay. This is why I always ask my dinner guests for their blood type before yeah, they come Yeah, it's over. weird, but now I understand why. Thank exactly. You. Thank you. Yeah. There was a whole reason behind it. You doubt me. I'm a logical person. <laughs> Good thing you don't have white carpets anywhere in your home. I know. Well, I also tried to pick something that's very colorful and abstract because then the yes. stain sort of just. Does its yeah, thing. It does its thing. Mm -hmm. So I've got some more of those. We will move on though to talk yes. about Betty White a little right. bit more first. Hmm. Okay. You oh wanna... my God. I completely forgot our cheesecake. You want to go get it? I'm going to pause so we can go get our Let's cheesecake. Let's pause and eat our cheesecake. Well, we're going to bring it in here and eat it. Okay. We're going to make a lot, a lot of mouth sounds. Okay. I'm back with cheesecake. All right. Do you want 
strawberry? Or Whatever plain? you want. I will take the other. All right, strawberry then. Okay. Thank you. That's the one I wanted, but whatever. All right, and we're back. And we're back. All right, Topher, tell us why we're eating cheesecake. In honor of the Golden Girls, even though ironically, none of them liked cheesecake. Really? None of them liked it. I think that's really weird too. Like, I I don't know that I've ever met one person who could say, yeah, don't like cheesecake. But I mean, to have four of them on the same cast as yeah, the Yeah, it's not like your go-to dessert, like, fine, whatever. Yeah, but actually disliking it. Yeah. So let's talk about the Golden Girls. Yes, do it. I All put right. on my, my Dorothy Spornak velvet. I know. I tried to go for, like, an 80s look, and I wasn't successful. But oh. I, oh, I, I did I, do the very high-up blush, I'll have you know. I did piss fact checker off accidentally. Uh, no. As I was getting ready. So I'm wearing, you know, we're both kind of doing the big sweater kind of thing. Right, yeah. I'm doing, a, like, a turtleneck. Yeah. And I was looking for something to put over it. And so I was like, hey, fact checker, can I borrow a shirt from your, like a button up shirt from your closet? And he was like, yeah, I don't know that I have anything like particularly 80s. And I was like, oh, it's fine. I just need something that's really oversized. <gasps> Topher, fact checker will murder you. A funny thing is that fact checker's not a big guy. He's not, he's a slim man. He's just bigger than me. I Well, Everything's oversized when you're as thin as Topher. Mm -hmm. I barely exist. <laughs> We're actually very concerned. <laughs> he turns sideways and like we lose him in profile. Like Topher, it. Topher, and you're like, you have to turn back. We're like, oh God, there you are, thank you. I love that we're talking about this as I'm literally just like- Inhaling cheesecake. Inhaling cheesecake. <laughs> yeah, okay, so Golden Girls. Golden Girls, so Golden Girls ran from 85 to 92, so which great. I don't remember it like, to me, it's a very 80s show. Which yeah, is like early, early 90s. Early 90s really. is basically the 80s. Just It's like an 80s hangover. That's I don't true. feel like the 90s really started until 94. That's Yeah, that's fair. I feel like it takes a decade, a couple of years to like yeah. get its footing. Basically, like the 90s really only existed from 94 to about 97. And then mm -mm. anything from 98 to 2005 is the same decade. No, hard disagree. Really? 90s for like 93, 94 until about like 2002. Mm-hmm. In my mind. Okay. I guess I'm I'm counting like the 98 like, to 2005 in terms of hip hugger, low rise. Okay, well, they're fashion. different. Like early 90s vibe is different than like late 90s. Yeah. So whatever. Okay, so do you know which part she originally auditioned for? They brought her in to be Blanche Devereaux. Yes. And they were going to have Rue McClanahan be Rose. Yes. I remember reading that in an interview several years ago and I was fascinated mm -hmm. because Betty was basically saying like, I'm afraid that if I play this same kind of vampy character like yeah. I did in Mary Tyler Moore's show, that's all people are going to see me as. And it's so funny because obviously I can see Betty playing that character, but not in the same way that Rue McClanahan did right. and vice versa. Like Rue McClanahan is so iconic Ugh. as Blanche. It's hard. To, yeah, it is hard to picture. Funny enough, though, they kind of originated like the vampy and the sweet naive kind of characters on a sketch on the Carol Burnett show mm. that then later kind of got turned into another TV show. Oh, I want to say like Mama's House. Mama's Place. Mama's Place. Thank you. I did not write I've that never actually seen it, but um, um yeah. And that's part of like the I don't want to like get typecast sort of deal. So they switched. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, like, I think it worked out perfectly. I can't imagine them not having been the characters that they were. That show is... It's not just iconic because of the stuff that they did, but it, right. it's also, it's like a perfect show. The writing mm -hmm. was phenomenal. The casting, mm -hmm. and it's so great because even knowing that B. Arthur 
really didn't like Betty White for whatever reason. Yeah. You could not tell from the show. Everyone had such great chemistry and energy with each other yeah. that it just worked so well. Well, kind of getting into that relationship between Betty and B, I couldn't really find like what it was that made B Arthur not get along with Betty White. But despite her not really liking her, B Arthur would insist that like before they broke for lunch, that everybody had like wrapped up their scenes and like not to go to lunch early unless all four of them had finished filming before it was time for a lunch break. And if like one person was still filming, then she would say like, nope, we all have to like stop and wait. Okay. So I thought, like, okay, that's a really sweet thing to do, like, despite whatever differences you may have had mm-hmm. with the person. And then when B. Arthur died in 2008, Betty White has a quote, and I'm paraphrasing, saying, like, I knew it would hurt, but I didn't know it would hurt this much oh. for her passing. Which I thought was, like, really sweet and a testament to you. you don't have to, like, be best friends with somebody all the mm-hmm. time, but you can still acknowledge, like, you had a long working relationship with somebody and you still formed a bond, even if maybe you had, like, ups and downs throughout that time. I think that she was also a little bit confused and hurt by the the cold shoulder that she always got from mm-hmm. B. Arthur because she has been quoted several times as saying that, like, I don't really know what was going on there. And right. I think that maybe it was just a difference of personality and sure. um, professionalism and... She, but she never had anything bad to say about her. And they didn't. And right. B. Arthur also, to her credit, as far as I'm aware, never said anything mm-hmm. bad about any of her castmates. She never did. I truly think it was just like a personality difference. Mm-hmm. I think B. Arthur was like a little more cynical and jaded, mm-hmm. which kind of shows in her oh, character, Dorothy. She did say that she found Betty White's optimistic personality. Right, which is what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. Which, you know, I can kind of see that because... Betty. Optimistic people also get on my nerves. I know. That's why Topher hates me. Because <laughs> I'm just a ray of sunshine. Well, Betty White's character that she played on Golden Girls is kind of similar to Betty in that they were always kind of hopeful, optimistic. Of course, Betty White's like nowhere near as like naive and like ditzy. Right. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, Rosen Island was a nitwit. Oh, yeah. But hilarious. But hilarious. Yeah. There are so many great scenes that you can find on YouTube mm-hmm. um, where it's like the outtakes. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you something, as much as B. Arthur might have had her personality issues and clashes with Betty White, watching her try and keep her straight face while Betty White's character is telling a story. Oh my gosh, yeah. Is hilarious. Like they made each other laugh. Yeah, like I was, I've been re-watching Golden Girls over the past couple of days since we learned of Betty White's passing and just looking at every other actor's face while she goes into like some of those like ridiculous like St. Olaf stories or stories from her childhood. And Betty White was like so masterful at like telling these stories and having that wide eye naive kind of vibe to this when you know like this is so utterly ridiculous. (laughs) There are so many that it's like especially Rue McClanahan was not able to keep it in and and you can see that in like the final cut that made it to TV and it's like I guess that was just the best that they could get. She kind of like turns away just like oh god. Yeah Yeah, or she'll like bury her (laughs) her head down. Yeah exactly. They were adorable. So so good but yeah they they broke through so many amazing issues um, Mm -hmm. such as Gay marriage, uh-huh. AIDS, teen pregnancy. What was the one with the kid who was being deported? Oh, gosh. I think he was played by Mario Lopez, too. <gasps> was he like a Cuban? Because it was set in Miami. Mm-hmm. Was yeah, he supposed I, to be like a Cuban he child was, he or was, something? Yeah, he was okay. some kind of Latino. Um, but he was one of the students of Dorothy. Yeah. And she was like 
because he was apparently an amazing like poet and creative writer. Mm-hmm. And so she was really sort of mentoring him and mm-hmm. then found out that he was going to end up being deported. And yeah. yeah. So there was just, there was a lot of really interesting things. And I love the way that they handled it because, you know, that's not unusual for sitcoms to have some serious sure. stuff going on, but man, I've never had a show that dealt with it so authentically and masterfully yeah. where like half the episodes you're crying laughing and half of it you're just crying you know well I think they did like a really good job of writing characters who are older they have vastly different like life experiences and perspectives on things Mm -hmm. but not pigeonholing them into like oh the silly old lady kind of stereotypes even Sophia where that was kind of what her character was she still had those very genuine moments of giving like really good life advice yeah. And of course she'd ruin it by immediately following it up with something. With something like, oh, I'm forgetful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I love her it's, stories it's... about, picture it, Sicily. Sicily. Yeah. 1922. Yeah. That little girl was me. <laughs> and that man was Pablo Picasso. Yeah. No, there was, it was so funny. And I love the fact too, like it's really kind of groundbreaking to think that in the 80s, there was a show centered around four older women. Older women, Yeah. And their, and their age, dating lives. Right. And, and their age was like, yeah, it's part of the plot and their character, but it, their age was never like the punchline yeah. for like the whole setup of the show. And occasionally they'll make jokes, specifically Sophia, about Dorothy's age. Right. And the fact that she can't get a date and stuff, even though she really actually is dating pretty regularly. Yeah. Less than the other three, because sure. the other three, in spite of their age, including Sophia, who's supposed to be like in her 80s. Right. They're fucking getting ass everywhere. Which these is amazing. Women, these women had, have sex more than I do, and I'm, like, young and married. <laughs> yeah, they're they're pretty wild and adventurous. Mm-hmm. I love the episode about Rose where Blanche finds out how many boyfriends Rose <gasps> That is had. iconic. So yes. good. So please do yourselves a favor and just, like, go to YouTube or Google it. I don't remember which season or episode, otherwise no, I'll but they've you got the scene on YouTube. Yeah, but it's hilarious. And that, like, Betty White is recounting her her youth and, like, having all these boyfriends. And B. Arthur's character, Dorothy, says something to, like, Blanche is like, the slut is dead. Long live the yes. slut. But it's so She goes, hilarious. now, don't call her a slut. Yeah. She's not a slut. She's the, the slut. slut. <laughs> the slut is dead. Long live the slut. Yes. And Blanche's response to that is, now, Dorothy, you take that back. Yeah, I know. Which is just, like, so, so hilarious. And, of course, like, okay, show from the 80s, like, some of the wording hasn't aged well. Mm. But, like, there's some seasons, like, where they really say, like, some things about their cook who's gay is, like, kind of offensive wording. But they still treat him as, like, a normal person that they would treat any other character and on they, the show. And they kind of rectify that yeah. when midway through the, the season's they running, they... At one point, Dorothy has a lesbian sister mm-hmm. and uh, Blanche has a gay brother. Yeah. Which that episode's really fun as well. Yeah. they And they deal with it really well. Like, I love Sophia's talk with Blanche about, yeah. like, how did you feel about your husband before he died? How do you feel about him now? Yeah. Don't you want your brother to be able to experience that with someone? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. It's, yeah, they do. So it's like, okay, some of them, like the wording or phrasing maybe doesn't hold up, but the, I think the sentiment and the ideas and the yeah. plot points definitely do. To me, that's completely fine. As as sure. a member of the queer community, it's like the language has changed even from 10 years ago. Like there were 
there were oh, yeah, things in absolutely. my rhetoric that I don't use anymore. Like we all kind of evolve. But at the time, using that word was completely okay. Right. It was seen as a different sort of right. thing. So understanding that, okay, vocabulary changes, but mentalities. The, the men, yeah, but the intent behind mm-hmm. the show and the plot lines was very yeah. good and progressive at the time, too. Like, it's super great. Yeah. So I have a question for you before we get into our cross-examination. Okay. If you had to be one of the Golden Girls. I knew you were going to ask yeah. me that. Oh, man. You know, it's really hard because. And you had to be them as their character as was. Their like, character, not yeah. Topher as right. one of them. I I honestly feel like I am described by all four of them in different ways. Yeah. Because I am very jaded and sarcastic and often feel intellectually superior to other people like Dorothy <laughs> does. Yes. However, I also grew up on the compound and have some really weird farm stories, farm stories to like tell Rose. that are very like Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, I would consider myself to be a very sexual person and kind of a slut like Blanche's, mm-hmm. also very Southern. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also at the end of the day, just a really crotchety old woman like Sophia, who has no problem with murder as well. Like no. I am down, I'm down for whatever kind of shenanigans. Oh, in one episode, do you remember where she hits Blanche's grandson? And he's being a total shithead. She slaps him across the face. I did not remember that. Yes. It's, I, in, it's in the season one, like one of the early episodes. It's great. I do not condone hitting your children, but I will say that sometimes that kid, children that are little shits. Look, that episode, that kid was like, really? I think I do remember that, actually. Yeah. He was being like over the top, uh, like he was gross and terrible. disrespectful. Yeah. All right. So which Who one? Would, you didn't Oh, pick. I have to pick one? Yes. I can't. Go for it. You got to pick. I guess Blanche because okay. I do spend so much time thinking about my appearance and okay. how other people perceive me. Okay. I mean, I'm just being honest here. Yeah. You'd okay. be Dorothy, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. You know I'm a Dorothy. Yeah. <laughs> I I love how sassy she is, but I also love, too, that, like, she has such a good heart mm-hmm. for the people that she loves and cares about. Oh, Yeah. She's a, a ride or die kind of bitch. For oh, sure. for sure. I've so I've played this game with people many times, and it's mm-hmm. funny because it kind of honestly my answers change based on the group that sure. I'm with. Because yeah. you're like, kind of like, oh, that person's more of this right. character than person. So I guess right. that, that makes me more of this. Like, I mean, fact checker is 100% Sophia. Oh, that for sure. Just, yeah. One hundred percent. Yes. All right. Interesting. Well, All I right. think that we should fill up. Yeah, Are let's you... fill up and then we'll do our cross-examination. Okay. Do you want another martini or do you want to do it on the rocks? Do or... a martini. Okay. What do you want? Uh, yeah, that sounds good to me. Okay. If you'll hand me the accoutrements. We'll pause briefly so that we can do this without having to like yes. worry about noises and things like that. So we can come back now. Hello. I'm just garnishing our beautiful martinis mm-hmm. after stirring them, which, by the way, I think we might have touched on this before, but when you're making a martini, the reason that you want to stir it rather than shake it. Yes. James Bond rules. Um, well, James Bond likes them. Just to be kidding. Shaken. Anti-James Bond rules. So when you shake something, it's really going to be breaking up that ice and diluting mm-hmm. your cocktail more versus mm-hmm. stirring it is more of a gentle chill and then you get the full effect. So what we're doing is we're just drinking straight up vodka without any dilution in it. 
Thank you. Because that helps us get drunk and funny faster. Yes. Thank you, Tover. You're welcome. Mm. Okay. So real quick fun fact before we start our cross-examination. Okay. All right. No, you know what? I'm going to incorporate into our cross-examination. Just kidding. You know what? I'm going to be really, really obnoxious to producer and go pee real quick. Okay. Tover, <laughs> damn you. <laughs> I am back. I do have to say, mm -hmm. the kitchen smells amazing right now. Because of all the lemon? No, because of the crock pot. Oh, the crock pot. I forgot about that. Yeah. I got distracted by cheesecake. We decided this time to go ahead and start our dinner in the crock pot because... This is I'm for a behind the scenes. Yes. I'm not allowed to cook drunk anymore since the horrible blowtorch incident of <laughs> 2021. I've been disfigured too. <laughs> uh, that's why this is a radio show. Yep. Oh, she's oh. got a face for radio. Oh. Only got half of a face because of right. the blowtorch. All right, you ready? Ready. So my cross-examination today is going to be fill in the blank. Okay. I so, don't have a great track record. These. Well, we're going to see. Okay. I'll be forgiving-ish. All right. Okay. So... I already talked about the Lucille ball, so that question is out because you brought that up organically. Okay. So I'm going to sub it in. Okay. So we were talking about the Golden Girls. Yes. So which tabletop role-playing game? So Blank mm -hmm. has used the cast of the Golden Girls as their ideal venturing adventuring party. Tabletop I do not phrase this game. very well, but I'm not going to go back. I, I think I understand what you're saying, okay. though. Clue. No. Really? Want to guess again? No, you're wrong. Just go ahead and take a drink. Okay, because, yeah, I don't really know any, like, Dungeons and Dragons. Really? D&D. &D. <gasps> yeah. Would you still, okay, in D&D, &D, would you still be Dorothy? Mm. I might. Keep in mind, I don't actually know the criteria for choosing your character in this. No, you just choose it based on what sounds fun. Yeah, I'd probably. That's how I play it. I'd probably still be Blanche. Blanche, yeah. Because then I'd just Dude. be like, I'm going to seduce the orcs. Right. That's how it works. Are they are they orcs or is it like Stan? Because <laughs> my level of like commitment to the seduction definitely does hinge on the fact of whether or not I'm trying to seduce an orc or Stan. It's an orc. Okay, then yes. Okay. I will stick with this. <laughs> yes, I think that's really hilarious and pretty perfect that you have like I would four very different personalities. Like your different backgrounds or different strengths or different abilities, which as a person who plays D&D, &D, I think is like perfect. Like, yeah, I can see that totally. Yeah. Working. And that's not just like, oh, a story that's out there. Like people who've been involved with like making D&D. I've said like, no, that's, that's true. Like that's, that's not amazing. just an apocryphal story out on the internet. I love that. We should do that some night. We should do that. That would be My really, My boyfriend really fun. would adore that. Yes. Boyfriend would... Yes. Be great with that. He would love it. Yeah. All right, next question. All right. Betty White has gone on the record saying blank is a hobby. Blank is a hobby? Mm -hmm. Well, anything's a hobby. For her personally. Oh. Drinking. Mm, narrow it down. Drinking vodka. Okay, yes. Okay. Yay, celebratory Yay, celebratory sip. Sip. Yeah, she's gone on like several times in several interviews saying, oh, animals are my passion, but vodka 
is my hobby. I love it. Can we take a brief segue mm-hmm. um, in this cross-examination? Mm-hmm. Speaking of Betty White and her love of animals, should I share my horrific yes. story? Yes. Did Betty White maul you one time? <laughs> no, but I was recently on a flight. Mm-hmm. And this particular airline is my, my favorite to do for like short domestic flights. And um, we're not telling their name because they refuse to sponsor that's us. That's exactly right. We've offered to go on and do live shows and they've said no. Nope. But yeah, so <laughs> the problem though is that on this particular one, you don't get to pick your seat. Mm-hmm. You have to wait until like you're actually boarding and then you mm-hmm. pick what's available. Belchy vodka. Belchy vodka. <laughs> it's not us. It's very Belchy cheesecake. <laughs> it's never us. Are you having a moment? <laughs> There's a lot of belches in a row. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that might be the intro I was for this having... <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry, Betty. Um, so anyway, I'm on this flight and I had upgraded myself so that I didn't get stuck next to this family that had like, I, I, they were dying of COVID basically. And there is an older gentleman sitting next to me. He had the middle seat. I was in the window seat. And he was just a very tall, large frame man that had a cane. Clearly, he was having some issues with mobility and Mm -hmm. stuff. And so at the end of the flight, first of all, we spent the entire flight basically snuggling because I was just up against the, like, wall as far as I could go. But we were still, like, shoulder to shoulder, arm to arm. Right. And I was like, this is a very intimate flight. I feel, like, safe in the arms of this This older older gentleman. Um, This older, Broad, barrel-chested man. Right. So anyway, he ends up, as we land and everything, we're maybe four rows back from the front. So Mm -hmm. very easy sort of exit, except that the seats are very close together. He was having mobility issues of getting out, and he's trying to reach for his bag that's like tucked under the seat in front of him. It's like leather duffel bag thing. I was having so much trouble with it, and I was like, sir, sir, don't worry about that. Just go ahead and and make your way out, and then I'll I'll hand you your duffel bag. Mm -hmm. That's fine. Don't worry about it. So he thanks me and he's standing there waiting for me to get his bag for him. And I go to pull it out from underneath the seat and this thing is heavy as fuck. I'm like, is this a bowling? It actually looks kind of like a bowling bag. You okay. know, those like yeah, yeah. flat bottom, like mm-hmm. duffel bag things. And so I like pull it out. I'm having trouble getting it out from the seat because mm-hmm. it's so everything's so close together. So I'm like smushing it. And then like I turn it upside down at one point. I'm like twisting it. I finally like, get it out there, like, hand it across to him. He thanks me. He puts it on the ground, and there's, like, little wheels that come out and the little handle, and then he leans down to it and says, it's okay, honey. We'll be out of here soon. Topher. It was his fucking dog. Topher. His fucking dog. Why would he not tell me that? He stood there and watched me shake and bake his fucking pet out of this airplane seat. You gave that dog some terrible injury. The dog can only, like, take left turns now, apparently. Like, I don't know. The entire plane, because we're so far up, so the entire plane is standing up behind this guy like... Come on, let's move. Yeah. And then sees this happen. And now I'm the like. Did people like start to give you dirty looks after they were like. I didn't make eye contact with anyone. I thankfully I was able to exit right after this man who was getting into a wheelchair with the dog on his lap at that point. And I just sped past him. 
Did you push him and the dog out of the way? I felt like, like it. No, but one last. But what's funny is the violence. <laughs> the airport that I landed at is so small that I got to the baggage claim before the baggage did, mm-hmm. and so then I had to sit there and wait. And so I ended up running into the guy in the wheelchair with the dog again. Okay, did the dog make any noise ever? The Okay, so I'm saying it's a dog. It could have been a very large cat. Could have. But the animal did not make any noise, which means that either my first inversion killed it or it was already <laughs> drugged because or, of the flight. Or it was a mute dog. Or he didn't have anything alive in there. He just liked to fuck with people on planes. Okay, Brandon did say maybe it was an Fact urn. Fact checker said? Yes, fact checker said... Maybe it was an urn with ashes. And I was like, that thing was heavy. It would have to have been his entire family. Maybe it was. He just killed his entire family. He incinerated his entire family. (laughs) Honestly, that's better than me fucking up this dog's life. Like, what if the dog has to be in a wheelchair now? They're going to come after you. He he should have said something. He should have. He should have been like, oh, my dog's in there. Thank you for helping me with my dog. Like when you offered. Like yes. Like you a heads up. It was just a, oh, thank you, young man. That's it. That's all he gave me. He called you young, though. He did call me young. And I was like, yes, I am. I'm going to kill your dog now. <laughs> anyway, so. I have to be the cutest on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Betty White, I know, you know that I love animals. You know my heart. So please don't like be angry with me. I did not mean to do this. Oh my God, did I kill Betty White? You killed Betty White. Your actions killed Betty White. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to get all the hate mail today. Okay. So Betty White. Betty White. Has gone in interviews saying people a lot of times ask me the question, like, what have you not done in show business that you always wanted to do? And her response was always blank. Dog trainer. Nope. Porn actor. Closer. Stripper. No. Take a drink, you're wrong. Okay. Robert Redford. Oh my God, I knew that. (laughs) We -hmm. just like, we talked earlier about like her being like kind of raunchy and bloody, which is like a perfect response. Yeah, she famously has a thing for Mm -hmm. Robert Redford Mm -hmm. and she, yeah, I remember her saying that. She's so like. He's only 14 years younger. Which is not that big of an age difference when you're older. I feel like he should have probably fucked her at some point. Robert Redford, you missed your chance. You really did miss out on like a prime opportunity there. Okay. She hosted Blank from 1962 to 1971. From 1962 to 1971, Mm -hmm. she hosted Blank. Mm -hmm. Well, it's definitely not SNL. Nope. So a nine-year span. What did she host? I think it was probably a game show. Okay. Was it a game show? It's a once a year occurrence. Oh. I'll tell you that. The Emmys. Nope. The Oscars. Nope. The Tonys. Go ahead and take a drink. You're wrong. The. Wrong. Take a drink. The Cannes Film Festival. No. The. Wait. No, I'm still going. Well, you're still going to be wrong, so keep drinking. The. Oh, what's the, the dog show? The. Westminster. NKC? Yeah, the Westminster dog show. No. Macy's Thanksgiving Fear Day Factor. Parade. Yes, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Fear Factor right after Fear Factor. The 1960s version of Fear Factor. I don't know that I realized that they had a host. Mm-hmm. They have a host. Huh. Yeah. So she hosted that for nine years. Good for her. She also hosted... I was very into that when I was a I kid. I want to say like the Rose Bowl Parade too uh, at some that point. That whatever. She liked a good parade. Not Betty White. 
Oh, I wonder how many pride parades she went to. She probably went to so many oh, cool pride man. parades. Wouldn't you love it if you had been on a pride parade with Betty White there? Oh my God. I would have like gotten up on the float. She I would have been arrested. Swarmed. Yeah. She would have to have like tons of security around yeah. her. Okay. She and her husband were friends with Blank, who was a famous author. Blank, who was a famous author. Mm-hmm. Who was it? Who's the guy who wrote Of Mice and Men? John Steinbeck? Yes. That's what you're going to say? No. Okay. I'm going to say Beverly Cleary. <laughs> who died not too long ago. She died very recently, yeah. Yeah. She lived into her hundreds. Did she? Yeah. I knew she was like at least in her 90s. She's super old. You're very wrong. Take a drink. Was it Steinbeck? It was. Oh my John God, Steinbeck. shut up. That was my very first instinct. I feel like I should get a celebratory okay, sip. Okay, celebratory for that. sip. Because I was like, oh God damn it, how'd you get that? That's so funny. Yes. Because I was like, obviously not Hemingway. Mm-hmm. She would have been a young child. Well, and but... Hemingway died in the 60s too. Oh, why did I think he died in like the 30s? No. No, he was older when he, he oh. killed himself. I thought he was, he died young. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, he's an older guy. Yeah, so John Steinbeck's wife was apparently childhood friends with Betty White's husband. Oh, my God. And then the four of them just became, like, good couple friends. Can you imagine the dinner parties at Betty White's house, the interesting well, people and guess that what? she knew? Don't so, hit me. <laughs> I was love-tapping you, and you smacked me <laughs> across the face. I did not. Okay, on the shoulder. No, so John Steinbeck, when he was accepting, I want to say it's his Nobel Prize or Pulitzer, I think Nobel Prize, for literature, he gave Betty and her husband a draft of his acceptance speech as like a gift before he actually like went and got it. Ugh, Isn't that cool? That's amazing. It's amazing. It's like literature nerds, I think that is so cool. Oh yeah, for sure. And Betty never had any kids, did she? No. Mm-mm. I wonder she where... She had stepchildren. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they're probably getting part of her estate. Yeah, but... I would I would think so, yeah. And I'm sure she donated a lot of it to different zoos and... Yes. Oh, like she did ASPCA. a lot of charities with yeah. zoos in particular, but just in general, like animal welfare charities. She was a... She had whatever it was to register as a zookeeper. Yeah. Yeah. So she um, actually became like an honorary zookeeper. I want to say one of the zoos in LA or California. I don't... Oh, I don't think right I think now. she might have had something at the San Diego Zoo too because that, had, that was San like Diego a really zoo. prestigious. Yeah, that's pretty I'm cool. Saying that out of, out of instinct, not actual facts. So don't. Yeah, let's come go at back me. to facts. Okay. <laughs> she passed on a role in the movie Blank because of a scene where a person throws a dog down a trash chute. Speaking of your dog manhandling. Oh my God. Obviously, I... the person doesn't really throw the dog down the trash chute because it was filmed, but. That's the, it that's was just a part. doggy slide into yeah. a, like a doggy ball pit. That's right. But it's part of the plot in the film. And she was like, I'm not going to take this role. So you can either change this or I'm leaving. And they're like, we're not going to change it. So she's like, fine, bye. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. No, they would never. Keanu Reeves would never. I've never actually seen it. I don't know. Oh, Keanu Reeves loves doggies. Because he's great. Yeah. What film is it? Jack Nicholson is in it. Oh, as good as it gets? Yes! Celebratory sip for you! Look at you! I only know that. I've seen that movie like a long time ago, but I don't remember that particular scene. But you said Jack Nicholson, and I was like, wait, I think that there's a dog on the cover of the VHS. There is. For that. And like, it's been forever since I've seen the movie. So, like, Helen Hunt and Greg Kinnear are in it. Yeah. I think it's a thing where like he's neighbors with Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear is injured. So, Jack Nicholson ends up taking care of the dog, but he doesn't and, like it. And Helen Hunt is a waitress and who like. Like, the love interest. I, 
Nicholson. Yeah. <laughs> it's creepy. Okay. All right. In the 2000s, she hosted a show called Betty White's Off Their Rockers. Oh, I remember hearing about this. Which was a TV show about old people doing blank. Like like pranking people. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Up. yeah. It, it was like a um, like an alternative to um, punk. Punk, yeah. But honestly, sounds way more entertaining. Yeah, it just I don't think it was as successful. But that would that's funnier for sure. Probably just because young people weren't watching shit yeah. like that. Yeah. All right, you ready for your final cross examination question? Let's do it. I saved the best for last. She in an interview with Oprah. Oprah asked her, "What is your biggest regret?" Not doing Robert Redford. Well, we're not, we've already talked about Robert Redford. She said her biggest regret was blank. She just doesn't seem like somebody who'd really have regrets. Mm, I'm going to see what you say. Her biggest regret was not slapping the shit out of, oh, wait, maybe not making up with B. Arthur. Mm -mm. Slapping the shit out of B. Arthur. Oh, it's sweet. It's a sweet thing. Not having any children? Mm Mm-mm. I don't know. Her biggest regret, go ahead and take a little sip. Okay. Because you're going to cry. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Was not marrying her husband a year earlier when he had asked her. So that she could have one more year one with more him? One more year as a married Oh, couple. my God. See, again, it's like, Betty, none of us are good enough for you. Isn't that sweet? That's so sweet. So let's talk about, we're done with the cross-examination. You did really well. Thank Take you. Take a sip and celebration. I think I got like a 50-50. Like it wasn't. I'm feeling generous. I'm going to say okay. you won it. You know wow, what? The, vod- the vodka's good with this one right here. We should do more <laughs> vodka episodes. Woo! <laughs> yeah, so Betty White had been married three times. Okay. Were you, I didn't know like if you knew how much I knew that she'd. Ha- I knew that she'd had it. Like, multiple marriages, but yeah. I didn't know how many it was. So she first got married right after World War II to an aircraft pilot. Tracks. And they moved to Ohio. Ew. Where they were on a chicken farm. Ew. That marriage didn't even last a whole year. Because chicken farms are stinky. It's one thing to just yeah. have chickens, but, it, like, you're out on an actual, like, well, poultry farm. And she, like, said in later interviews, like, they basically got married so they could sleep together. Because, again, like, at that time, you know, very taboo to, like, have sex before marriage. I think, too, like, coming off of, like, this huge traumatic worldwide event of the war, you're just kind of like, okay, let's do it. Let's get married. Yeah. And really. Can you imagine if you have to marry every time you wanted to have sex with somebody? Oh, no. No. Gone. I'll be a nun. No. (laughs) I'll be a nun. (laughs) Out of there. Meanwhile, I'm over here like, oh, my God, I would have so many divorces. I'd have, like, 100 divorces. Look, divorce is a process. It is not fun, so I don't recommend you do it. It's easier when it's two men, though. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) You, like, a buy one, get one free. Yeah. 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 So I think it was kind of an issue of not really thinking about long-term compatibility. Which is fair. Which is fair. And a lot of people do that in their early to mid-20s. And she's super young, too. She's, like, 23 at the time. Yeah, no, no, no. So he wanted to leave, like, this very quiet kind of rural life, and she did not. She wanted to go back to Hollywood and pursue her show business career. That ended very quickly. Not even a year. Like, 45 to 45. Like, Mm. short-lived marriage. Wow. She got married two years after that in 1947 to a talent agent, and it seemed to be going okay. But then he wanted to have children and have her stay at home to take care of the children, and she didn't want to do that. So they ended up getting divorced a couple years later in 1949. Okay. 
valid, but I will also say that seems like something that should have been talked about before the marriage happened. Yes. So I recommend people talk about that before marriage. Hot stance. See if your long-term goals are aligned. My sibling was just, we were talking about that on my last trip and they were telling me about this friend that they met, like through a friend, like they were all kind of at the same dinner together. And they were getting to know each other and the friend was having a really rough time in their marriage because she is very rigid Catholic and Mm. she's pregnant now and wants to raise their children Catholic. And she found out recently that her husband is super new agey kind of mystic. How did you not? How did you find that that out recently? I keep cupping your boobs. I'm so sorry. He's not sorry at all. I mean, they're pretty great. So yeah, yeah. It's like okay. First of all, how are you married for a couple of years without not having that? Yeah, yeah, not know each other's religious stances on things. Right. And then how have you not had the conversation of especially if I can see if you're not a religious person and you just assume that your spouse isn't, which is weird. But if you are a very religious person, then how would you not? Here's my question to you. Is that person saying they're Catholic, but like they're never going to mass or I guess celebrating not. holidays? I guess it's more of just like the. Then the are you really that Catholic? Then I guess you're probably then? not. Like, yeah. I, I feel like that would have come up throughout the relationship. Like, well, it's Sunday. I'm off to mass yeah. again. Or like, oh, I've got to tell this, you know, to the priest during confession. Yeah. I Wouldn't mean, your partner be like, wait, what? Me you're- and a fact checker talked about everything. Before we even moved in together, we knew all of that stuff. We went like fake furniture shopping once just so that we could know what each other's tastes were. That's a good idea. It was actually a really fun date because you get to also pretend to be rich because you're going to to places that like you couldn't actually afford because this is Ashley, baby. (laughs) Ashley Furniture. Who still haven't sponsored us, by the way. Yeah, I know. God, did they not like our Snoop Dogg episode? I guess not. If you're wondering what we're referencing, you should go back in the archives. And listen to our Snoop Dogg episode from before. (laughs) From 2021. Yes. Look, I've been married. I'm divorced. I'm with somebody different now. But, like, you have to talk about these things. And with also with the understanding that people's beliefs or their desires or goals may change over time. You can totally evolve, but you're supposed to do that with your partner. Like, even if they don't... Sure. Fact checker and I don't, we're not like completely on the same page when it that's comes fine. to our like want, spiritual beliefs. You wouldn't but that's, want to have yeah. like a clone of yourself. Right. Because that's when it gets into some weird shit. But <laughs> if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But we respect each other's beliefs and they're similar enough that they you have compatible. compatible. Right. Yeah. Like you don't have to believe the same thing or want the same thing, but you need to have things that are aligned. Yeah. Especially if you are planning on having children that's a big deal that's a really big deal right i do have a question though about yeah so she doesn't have any kids she said she didn't want to have kids she didn't want to she's gone on the record saying i love children children are great but they grow up to be people that's which is hilarious hilarious and so then she likes the animals better which i'm like okay yeah same page but my my question is especially during that time we're talking about like the 40s and the 50s that was expected that was a given but how do you even keep yourself from having kids during that time? Contraception mm. wasn't nearly the same as it is now. And if you're actually like having a sex life with your husband, I feel like if you are able to have children, it's probably going to happen. Tover. Yes. Let's talk about heterosexual sex. Is it the, was it the rhythm method? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably honestly like what a lot of people were doing. I don't understand that though. Like you're supposed to have rhythm when you have sex anyway. <laughs> it's not just... 
having rhythm. Isn't it's, that what it is? Like you're having okay. sex in a certain so it's like understanding like when the guy needs to like pull out so he doesn't ejaculate inside. Oh, of the I thought it was just like a like a. Do <laughs> you think like a Cooper. tempo? <laughs> Sorry. Do you think they have a little thing in the corner going? A little metronome? Yeah. Yes. So like, all right, baby, let's turn on that metronome and get down to it. Honestly, I did because I always thought that the, the rhythm method was like pseudoscience. I thought I mean, it was like an old wives tale situation. It, it kind of is because like people can still get pregnant from the rhythm method. So there's no difference between the rhythm method and the pullout method? Not as far as I know. Oh, God. Maybe I'm terribly wrong. Because, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. You can get pregnant just Where's with Where's Fact Checker when you need him? Fact Checker doesn't know about heterosexual sex. But he has access to Google. All right, let me Google rhythm method. Rhythm's always one of those words that I misspelled. To. It's R-H-Y. I got it. T-H-M. God, didn't you pay attention during sex ed? No. Oh, my God. My sex ed was awful. I was homeschooled by a Baptist minister. Okay, so I'm Googling rhythm method versus pulling out. Okay. It's 76% effective at preventing pregnancy. I just feel like if you're like a fertile person, that's not that's not enough to yeah. cut it. A one in four chance. I don't think it's any, I honestly don't think it's different from like the pullout method. Anyway, so that's what Betty White was using. Or maybe they just weren't having penis and vagina kind of sucks. Oh, that's fair. Maybe they're doing other things. Like anal. Could have. Betty White seems like she would have been down for some anal. Oh, she's she's a raunchy lady. She also seems like she would peg her husband. Oh, you're going to go in for Peggy? For, for Peg? Oh, no. <laughs> Peggy White? Oh, that might be the intro. Oh, no. Oh, no. Talk about a fraying slip, um, Betty Do I White. know what I'm dressing up for Dragon Con this year? Oh, my Peggy God. Peggy White? Yes, Peggy like White. Like, full-on happy homemaker sort yes. of situation, but oh. with a fucking strap on. And a huge one, yeah. That has, like, a lace doily around it. <gasps> Adorable. A little apron. Yeah. Oh, my God. A tiny little lace apron. Yes. Peggy White. Ah! Oh my god, I was about to get the sweet story of how she met her husband, but look. Oh, I think this is a great time to talk about it. All right, so she met her third and final husband. Dun, dun, dun. Alan Ludden. Which is such a 60s name, can I just say? I know, well, she met him in like the early 60s. Yeah, which is when he was created (laughs) and copyrighted. in In the laboratory. He was the host of the show Password. Mm. And she was one of the celebrity guests on Password. And then they he got her password. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So they started dating. He was widowed and he had three children from his uh, first marriage after his first wife died. Um, he and Betty started dating. He asked her to marry him a couple of times before she finally said yes. And that's when she's referencing. Yeah. That yeah. she wished he had mm. said yes to her. But the sweetest thing was he wore the engagement ring that he proposed with around his neck. Until she said yes. <gasps> then he finally took it off. He and was like, like gave it no, her. we are meant to be together. But that's Isn't like in a not creepy horrible? way. That's it's like a not really creepy. sweet way. It's like way. a really sweet way. Because it sounds like they actually had like a really good relationship. They it did. Wasn't and just they were, somebody being like, hey. No, no. They had like a really good relationship. And I think at that point in her life too, she was late 30s, early 40s, which I feel like is the time when you know yourself pretty well. She seems like the type of person that would have her most successful relationship mm-hmm. during that period. Mm-hmm. She's already, she's not made mistakes, but she's like done some things she's sure, learned you're from. Like, oh. 
And she's also yeah. like really coming into her own with her career as yeah. well and doesn't feel like she has as much to prove. She'd had success in the 1950s with her career um, yeah. when she really hadn't, as far as I know, like hadn't been seriously dating a person mm-hmm. at that time because after her first two marriages in the 40s, that's a big gap between like the 40s and the 60s mm-hmm. before she married again for the third time. Wow. They were married until he died in 1981. And she said that, like... Oh, wow. So while she... No, just before she right did... Right before she started uh, on Golden Girls. Girls. She played a widow She does play Girl. a widow. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. that add a little bit more gravity to her role as Rose? It really does. Which she did a great job with anyway. And I would like to say that's one of the things about that show. We were talking about the mixture of the really, really funny and smart comedy with the gravitas sort of yeah. thing is that they actually talked about when they would have vulnerable moments about yeah. their previous spouses and things like that. And she'd talk about Charlie. It was just so, it was so sweet. Just Good like time. with Sophia talking about, oh, what was his name? I forget. I forget his name, but I know yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. But it was, yeah, I remember like rewatching it and her talking about Charlie in the present tense and Dorothy called her like, you know, he's dead. Right. And she's like, I know just sometimes I want to pretend like he's still around, yeah. which I think is just so sweet. And how she would talk to him every day, even mm-hmm. with when she was with her boyfriend, Miles yeah. mm-hmm. and everything. And she was still just like, Charlie, give me a sign. Yeah. I know. I think it's adorable. It really is. People asked her like, why did you never remarry after his death? And she's like, once you've had the best, you don't need anybody else. I, you know what? I get it. I feel that way. Cause yeah. you know, she was probably still having sex, but sure. Whatever, like, like have yeah. fun, do what you want. But, like, knowing, like, that was your person. Mm-hmm. You remember the show Inside the Actor's Studio with James Lipton? Yes. Remember I, the question he would ask? Because he had, like, a series of set questions he okay. would ask every I, I don't remember actually watching it, but I know of okay. the show. So one of the questions he would ask, he's like, okay, if heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say when you arrive? Okay. And she said she wanted to hear, welcome home, here's Alan. Just so sweet that she just like wanted her husband in heaven. Okay, I want to ask you the same question. Okay, what? That same question. Heaven is real. Here's Alan. I'm still in her husband in heaven. Heaven is real. What do you want to hear God say when you arrive? Oh, wow. Hmm. That's an interesting response that you want to have God (laughs) give you when you arrive. (laughs) Wow. Oh, wow. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Definitely not a mistake. You were definitely supposed to. Be here. So prototype, beta version. Ooh, we had an accounting error, but <laughs> since you're here, I guess you gotta stay. Oh, good. I was waiting for this recall to come back. Oh no, I've been recalled. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, did I poison people? Oh, was that it? Maybe. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe like your podcast was a hit. Mm. Thanks everybody for telling it. your friends and family about it. I would love it if God and the angels were listening to our podcast, especially given how like irreverent it is. I would like to think that if there's Especially there is... the pegging parts. Peggy White. <laughs> Peggy White in the house. What would you want God to say to you? Joker? It's kind of a split between just an apology of like, yeah, I know I fucked up with all of that humanity shit. Do you want God just to be like a drunk? Yeah. I'm like, where's the good stuff? No, I think that I would want, well, it's not that I would want, I know what he's going to say when I get up there. It's going to be like, oh my God, you look so young. Are you dying young? You don't want a long, full life? You don't want a Betty White life? I'm going to be 99. But you just want to be frozen. But I'm going to look, I'm always going to look this way. Okay. Do you know how old I actually am? 
97? Oh, two more years of the podcast, then we're done. (laughs) (laughs) They'll just replace me. Oh, no one could replace you. Well, I know that, but you will still try. Okay. It'll be like in Roseanne. Oh, God, yeah. That never worked out. Yeah, so isn't that sweet, though? Mm -hmm. I think that they had like a truly deep and loving relationship and that he understood her and she understood him. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. First comes love, then comes death. Oh, no. That's at the end. Do you think that God's going to give her a strap-on, like a divine strap-on? Stop with the Betty We don't know what she liked or didn't like. We don't know, so maybe you shouldn't be kink-shaming her. Maybe you shouldn't assign kinks to people posthumously. Well, I'm not going to do it when they're alive and consume me. Jesus. Do you think her older stepchildren are listening and are going to get very mad at this? They're probably going to be like, no, that tracks with some things that I found in her bedside drawer. Like we clean out and it was almost. It was, yeah. It was a lot to take on. So, all right. We're getting toward the end of our drinks. We are. What else do you know and love about Betty White? Mmm. I love. Okay. Did you ever see Hot in Cleveland? No. It's I actually, watched bits, like, there was a show on TV Land from 2010 to 2015. Yes, with Wendy, is it Malik or Malik? Yeah, Wendy Malik, Valerie Bernelli, mm-hmm. and, oh, what was her other name? From Frasier. From Frasier. What's her name? What's her name? I can never remember her name. Oh, my God, I swear I wrote it down. Apparently, I didn't. We're not going to worry about well, it. Well, I'm sorry to you. Um, she played Daphne on Frasier. I know, I she's, she's wonderful. She's, like, one of my favorites. Jane Levy's. Yes. Yes, okay. No, really? Levy's? Levy's? Oh, How would maybe. you say it? L-E-E-V-E-S. Sure. Jane. Oh. Jane. Jane. Yeah, anyway, it's really fun because it's kind of, it's nothing near Golden Girls. It can't like, compare, yeah. yeah. But it is, again, about three middle-aged women. And then the older and one. Yeah. Elka is Betty White's character. But it's funny because all three of the middle-aged women, to me, look so young and sexy still. Yeah. But they're the same age. So let's talk about that. Okay. Yes. So real quick, Betty White was only supposed to be in the pilot. Right. For Hot in Cleveland. But of course, she's Betty White. So they're like, no, we're going to keep her for the whole run of the show. Which I of can't course, believe that that wasn't the showrunner's That had to be like time. one person, like, only one episode. And they're like, okay, yeah. 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 So the Golden Girls, when it aired... The actresses were all in their, like, mid to late 50s. Right. They were playing women. Which is, like, my mother's age. Which isn't old. It's not. They were playing women slightly older, like, kind of more 60s age, with the exception of Estelle Getty, who was playing a woman in her Much 80s. Much older. And she was actually the, she wasn't the youngest. She but was she only was... a year older than B. Arthur, but yeah. playing her mom, which That's is crazy true. to me. Yeah. But, yeah, so they were even, like, a person being in their 50s, like mid to late 50s, playing a person in their 60s. That's not old by today's standards. But it's so funny, though, because, like, when you go back and watch it, like, how they're styled, it, they look so much older. I've talked about this with Fact Checker before. Yeah. I think I've talked about it on here before. You know, we love the show Murder, She Wrote yes. with Angela Lansbury. Every time, you know, they, they love to have their guest stars on yes. that show. Mm-hmm. And so you get some, like, young Courtney Cox, yeah. some young George Clooney. Not so much with the men, but with the women. Something about that time period in the 80s aged people. It's like, oh, she's supposed to be freshly 21. I definitely thought she was, like, in her mid-40s. Right. Definitely thought that. Well, I it's think... It's something about, like, the permed, like, yeah, frosted hair. Yeah, I think the permed, hair and, 
hair. And a lot of it was like kind of short, kind of old lady kind of style hair. Because also, this is something I've realized, is it's not old lady hair. Like old lady hair is whatever women in their 30s and 40s had. And then they just keep that. Right. Like my grandmother has the hair that she has because during the 80s. That was her hairstyle. That was her hairstyle. Yes, exactly. She knows what works for her and that's it. It's just But I will say it was permed, but shorter permed. So you had a lot of volume on top, but you didn't have longer hair. Yeah. So I think like in my mind, I associate that with like being old and like a grandma. Right. But I think too, it was like makeup, like really aged you, like how they applied it. So 80s makeup was so like, yes. Can we talk about the fashion? Yes. In Golden Girls. Yeah, I think that's one it. of the most fun things yes. about the Golden Girls. And it's fashion that like as a child I would have thought was fucking atrocious. Oh yeah. But now Looking I'm back like, now I'm like, I'd wear that. I'd wear all yeah. of that. So who do you think was the best dressed? Can't say Sophia. No, I was gonna say Blanche. And Rose, I think, were the best dressed. Are you going to say Dorothy? Dorothy is my favorite. I mean, that's really? what I'm channeling right now. Okay. Shoulder pads, kind of shruggy thing with yeah. the turtleneck. She always gave like this easy sort of grace about the way that she mm. dressed, where she just looked comfortable as fuck the whole oh, time. Oh, very. I think she's the most comfortably dressed. But but like in a very elegant sort of yeah. way. It's also very sort of, I, I say this to fact checker all the time when I'm watching it. Very Star Trek sci-fi when she dresses, <laughs> when she dresses up to go out. Oh, yeah. It's like, what is this weird, like, intergalactic space cape that you're wearing yeah. with shoulder pads and shit? That's true, I, yeah. I, I love it. That, yeah. I think it's so interesting. Now, Blanche, I probably have the most things that parallel her yeah. wardrobe. I think she, her character was always in the most tailored and And, outfits. like, sequins or silks yeah, or, like, showiest. luxurious kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She also was, had the best jewelry. Oh, for sure. I was rewatching one recently and there was an episode where she was going out and she had on like this very pale plink pink. Oh no. Pale plink. God damn it. Pale pink dress. Good job. I did it. Cheers. Celebratory sip for me. Yeah. And then we'll see if you can get the rest out. Oh, probably not. It's like a pale pink dress. Right. I did it. That was like kind of very fitted up top, accentuating like her small waist that kind of flowed out. But the shoulders have like these drippy kind of like sequin patterns. I remember it what you're talking so about. It was so pretty. Oh, yeah. I will say this, too. I own some vintage pieces that mm-hmm. I picked up and have like repurposed in some cool ways. But the 80s, especially during that part of the 80s, for like luxury wear, mm-hmm. with all of the different patterns of beading, yeah. like hand-sewn beading yeah. and sequins that they would use in crazy like floral or chevron patterns. Like it's exquisite. Yeah. Oh yeah, the 80s loved a sequin. Like oh all God. of my dance costumes as a child were head to toe sequins. I to your birthday party, I yeah. wore a sequined of course you did. blouse that was it was gorgeous. And it has shoulder pads, long sleeves too, which was, I mean, God, everybody was doing like the long Okay, let's talk about that because Golden Girls was set in Miami. In Miami and they were always wearing wearing? sweatshirts and shit. They were wearing so many layers and like heavy layers. Oh my God. What the hell? I just want to say that right now, currently in my Golden Girls outfit of cashmere sweater and velvet tuxedo jacket that's like long and drapey with shoulder pads, it is... 40 degrees outside and yeah. I am burning up right now. I know. 
And I barely have the heat on inside yeah. here. Because I like to keep a cool household. Yeah, I don't know how they did that in Miami. Like It's insane. I go any place that's warm now and like anything other than a t-shirt and I'm like, I'm dying. Yeah. Get me out. Especially with the humidity. And I have... Oh, I know. I have been down there even during the winter and it's... Constantly humid. Yes. We live in a humid place, so you think we would be used to it? No. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. Yeah, I always thought about that. Like I would see them like getting ready to go out to like the grocery store or whatever. Yes. And it's like, why are you wearing three layers of polyester sweatpant material. I know. I really don't know how. Maybe it's the thin blood of cold Cold people. people. (laughs) Well, also the fact that it was like filmed in a studio, not actually in Miami. But but still. But the styling. Sophia actually wore like the least amount of layers. Layers, yeah. She had more kind of like the old-fashioned kind of old lady looks. Yes. They were, the other three of them were a little more like kind of stylish to like the 80s fashion. Yes. Which is crazy. We're totally going to watch some Golden Girls after this. Oh, we absolutely will. Yeah. All right. So as we were finishing. Yes. Anything else you would want to say in honor of Betty White? I actually do. Yeah. I just want to say that as a queer person who was only allowed to watch Golden Girls when I gave myself permission as an adult. Yes. I discovered Golden Girls in a major way after a really horrible breakup Mm -hmm. and an abusive relationship. And, you know, we're always drawn to these really strong female characters because mm-hmm. it's it's like something that's kind of bottled up inside of us. Yeah. And I loved everything that happened. I was completely mesmerized by this show. It was such a balm for my broken heart and all my insecurities. Mm-hmm. And so I know that Betty White is so much more than Golden Girls. Yeah. And I've come to appreciate that so much since then. And I, I appreciate... Your integrity, Betty, and your love for anybody who needed a voice that you said, you know what, I've got a little bit more of a voice than you do right now, so I'm going to use that for you. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to thank you for being my friend, Betty. Oh, thank you, Betty. Cheers to that. Cheers. I think that you said it perfectly, and I can't add anything. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Betty White is so iconic. She's so beloved. She was such a genuinely good, decent person who, like you said, she used her her privilege and power when she had it in places to to help others and to yeah. really kind of pave the way for a lot of people in entertainment, which we know is not an easy industry mm-hmm. to, to get into. And her advocacy for animals, for the LGBTQ plus community, for people of color at different points in her career for being an unconventional woman who never really apologized for the decisions that she made. I think she's really quite remarkable and she is a true legend who will be missed. Absolutely. And I think that if you want to, all of you at home, honor her memory, Mm -hmm. I think a really great thing to do would be to look up your local ASPCA and Humane Society. Absolutely. Even even just a small donation in her name would be really amazing. I would love it. I've seen a thing about this where we unofficially sort of declare... January 17th as Betty yes. White Day, and we all donate to our local animal yeah. shelters and things like that. So so please donate today if you can. If you can't donate money, maybe you can donate some time or resources that yeah. you may have instead. I know for me personally, you know, I lost a pet last year, mm-hmm. and I'm planning on donating some of the things that I had around, like dog mm-hmm. beds and, things, and toys and things like that to the local shelter as well. Yeah. So there's lots of ways to honor... 
Betty's wonderful memory. Yes. We love you, Betty. And we have to say not guilty. Obviously, you're not even on trial, girl. Not even we're on just, trial. We're just here to, like, we assembled an entire courtroom. We're just, just drunk to, like, in the court having you. a good time. Yes. Thank you, Betty. We love you. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. If you want to get in touch, we're True Crimes Against Wine. Instagram, Facebook, Gmail, wherever you can find us. That's right. Cheers. Ciao. Bye. All right. Ciao.